Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Caravan Podcast, a show about Pakistan's startup ecosystem where we have intimate conversations with founders and investors driven to catapult Pakistan into the digital age. We'll discuss what it's really like to start a business, the highs and the lows, the setbacks, the comebacks, the lessons, everything. I'm your host, as always, Ahmad Mia, partner at Caravan, a community-driven venture capital platform. Now, given the nascent ecosystem, there's a massive spread between the talent in the country and the resources that are available to support them. Our mission at Caravan is to close that gap by providing both capital and expertise at the earliest of stages. You can find more information about Caravan at www.caravan.vc. In this episode, I sit down with Shane Shin, the co-founder of Shrook Ventures, a leading early-stage investing platform based out of the UAE. So without further ado, let's get straight to Shane. Love to. Thanks, Shane. Thank you so much for taking out the time and, and being on the Caravan Podcast. Um, I appreciate this. So I want to get a little bit of your background from coming to Wharton to working with Mubadala um, and starting Shrook. How did Shrook's idea come about and why uh, was this... <laughs> this concept taken and, and, and the stuff that you've done yes. so far. And uh, first of all, Ahmad, uh, really thank you for having me here. Um, my parents, I still remember when I told them I'm going to leave uh, Mubadala in Silicon Valley to do a one-man shop with Mahmoud here in the desert. My parents were still like, you know, calling me crazy. So I'm really excited to, to be here, meet you and uh, share our journey. So myself, uh, born and grew up in South Korea. Went to high school in Canada. So I'm also nice. from uh, Toronto and I'm Canadian myself. Same. And then I went to the Wharton School in the U.S. Uh, concentrating in finance, which really led me to start my investment banking career in New York on Wall Street. So I worked yeah. at Lazard and then I moved to a private equity firm in San Francisco. So Silicon Valley, Wall Street, all of them were uh, fascinating to learn and grow, but it never made me personally fulfilled because I wanted to be a part of an emerging market where things were happening on the ground a lot faster, a lot quicker. And I wanted to be part of that leading the movement. So that's how I joined the Mubadala, particularly on their semiconductor teams. I was investing in deep tech, in the global foundry space across the world. I was investing in China, US, Europe, India, and et cetera, but never in the emerging market. So I told them, look, I joined you guys so that I can spend time in Abu Dhabi and you said, uh, yeah, a lot yeah. more things on the ground. But why am I in the Silicon Valley? So I remember my team was saying, Shane, you're the only guy who said, I want to be in the Middle East when everyone <laughs> wants to be in Silicon Valley. So that's why in 2016, I, I'm extremely blessed with my partner and my best friend, Mahmoud. We were working side by side. We launched Shurok with the simple purpose of being the founders partners when the company founders need us the most, which is the early stage, especially in the seed, sometimes the pre-seed stage and help them get to the series A. Our thesis was the reason when they get ripe with the VC, the, there's not going to be such a shortage capital on series A, but we always have a shortage capital in the super early stage or late stage. So we wanted to dominate that early stage and we started operation in 2016 
now we can comfortably say that we're one of the leading early stage VCs, especially in the seed we believe we're the leading seed stage VC. We primarily focus on four key segments, FinTech, platform, we have, we have a strong bias for mobility slash uh, the online e-commerce marketplace of platforms. Third is the software. And lastly, tech-enabled business services. And we like to lead all of our deals. We don't mind following on, but like uh, we prefer to lead, which we know that the founders also value our quickness, responsiveness, and also ability to lead. And uh, we, we, out of a thousand plus companies that we see a year, we try to invest in about eight to 10. So we don't do too many investments. We try to invest in about 0.1%-ish, perhaps to 1%-ish of all the things we see. And uh, we like that pace because it's the promise and commitment to our founders. We just don't have the capacity to work with uh, 50 uh, companies per fund. 20 to 30 companies per fund we want to work with. That's super interesting, Shane, because... I mean, I like how you mentioned that your focus is on seed and then later stage companies. Now, every, I believe every single stage of a company requires a different kind of VC and a different kind of handholding or a different kind of understanding of the business and, and different kind of partners. How do, you, how do you create value at those levels um, yeah, as they're yes. so incredibly different? No, so sorry, I, I didn't mean we don't focus on the series B and C. Like we saw okay, the gap, so but we focused on the early stage. Got it. But like, uh, so you're absolutely right. And uh, the way we actively mitigate our late stage gap. So as an early stage fund, if the, the one of the fundamental risks inherent to our model is that the, what happens if there's no strong Series B, Series C mm -hmm. investors, then that's why we as a founders partners, we need to be actively involved to, to make those relationships with other like the VCs, global VCs, family strategics early on, on behalf of the founders, that's one. Second, founders, actually we need to uh, picture ourselves to be profitable by the Series B. This is very unique compared to the US. In the US, we have a Facebook, Google, all these type of guys who can buy you a $2 billion, even if you are massively Lossing, like uh, making only losing, loss. Yeah. But here in the emerging markets, we don't have that. In Pakistan, in the Middle East, we don't have that. So that's yeah. why we have to invest in fundamentally healthy unit economics. Today, we might be burning because we're burning through marketing, but we should be able to turn that around in three years, four years, then and try to stay profitable in the worst case. That's why we still don't have a single liquidation scenario out of all of our companies, and we're extremely proud of that. That's that's really interesting and really amazing because I mean since what's been happening with Uber and SoftBank and all of all of the companies that SoftBank has invested in and, and them going belly up with because of their unit yes. economics, I don't think we have that leverage or that capital anywhere in this region to be able yes. to to go for that kind of uh, of, of market now. So, so I completely agree with you where, where unit economics and and a healthy business model is is super important in this part of the world now. What I'd be curious to kind of understand is um, when you look at businesses or founders, what are, what are some of the key things that you're looking for? Um, how are you discerning them? Because again, at the early stages, you're, 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 yes, yes. you're working for them. You're working with them. You're working for yes. them and, and, and looking right. forward to what they, not, they might not even be thinking about, right? Yes. So uh, 
just to give you some facts, 40% uh, of our investments were pre-revenue, which we also take a lot of pride in. You know, company like uh, Pure Harvest, the egg tech company, now we produce 15 tons of tomatoes a week. We wow. co-founded that company, let the pre-seed and seed raise $6 million, which is the largest in the history of Amina uh, back then. You know, we let the seed round of Sarwa, Smart Crowd, all these companies are just pre-revenue, coming up even with MVP product. I remember I was the first pilot to go over the demo, which was not even uh, fully functioning. Right? So you're absolutely right. And uh, unfortunately, look, there's no right answer, but and also it really depends on the sector. For example, fintech space. Fintech by nature tends to be very heavily, uh, heavily regulated. Yeah. So I need to really have a visibility how is the regulation changing and uh, is this the right founder who can actually present to the regulators you might be amazing to present to the sales but you might not be a good presenter to the regulators then you might actually be in a deep hole you know because uh, the regulators are not gonna find you credible enough to even give you the pilot like a license to as, at least as a sandbox so fintech companies uh, which we're experts on, we really know what to look for. We, we know how to also help them navigate through the regulatory hurdles and we know how to help them scale. The other like a platform business, the software companies, at the end, because uh, we see thousands and thousands of companies and in the US, I used to focus on $20 million enterprise value companies, so 200 million. So I know, I know the end game, and uh, I work very closely with the founders to refine that end game. Some founders might tell me, saying like, uh, this is what I want. And uh, we work together. If that vision is aligned, and if I see that this is really like a blue ocean market, it's actually differentiated, and the founder can execute, that really normally is a good start. Yeah. Now, to, to just summarize the punchlines, just to respond to your question, when we invest in a completely idea, right a complete ideas normally we prefer uh the first one it has to be first or second in the market it cannot be like another e-commerce platform just doing yeah. another another niche market it has to in, in my view the founders like either they are so amazing or they need to have some kind of a competitive edge you know some of them could be coming from the industry some they just have an amazing network the other they just might know how to pull the right levers you know, and third, I need to understand that uh, where we can add value, yeah. you know, like uh, where we can add strategic value. Otherwise, I might actually just wait another year. And when you are generating some revenue, I can invest again. Right. So for us to invest in the pre-revenue stage, those three things kind of need to be extremely clear for us. That's awesome. Um, and so being that kind of investor and that kind of operator, what are some challenges that you face on a daily basis yeah so uh, i'm sure a lot of people here in the region will say the same is the talents right so i'll tell you uh the opportunity is so massive pakistan the middle east the emerging markets the actually the market size is actually big i don't think uh people will doubt you or market size i might not agree with you it's a 10 billion but I agree with is a billion dollar plus, and it's already big enough. However, the biggest opportunity cost is time, and what that means is we need to compete with our own steps and execution. And if the founder, like uh, they might have be amazing A plus, but for them to become an institution, 
So founder, when they become a CEO, not only the founder, they need to change their mindset as they raise a seed round money from us. When they become a CEO, we need to equip the team. But finding the talents, frankly, is not that easy. And we spend a lot of time interviewing with the founders, finding that next N minus ones, N minus twos together. So talent. Now, in the journey that you've had so far um, across, across your career, what has been the most difficult and the most rewarding time for you? So the rewarding is, uh, I mean, co-founding Shurok has just been like a personally, uh, I, I, you know, I, I normally say I'm going to be here in the Middle East for 40 years. I want to be the oldest Asian man uh, standing here. <laughs> so so I, I, I love it. And uh, it has been a personally great and humbling journey. It's never easy. Yeah. But, uh, I, I truly resonate and respect the founders. Because a lot of founders uh, like Shuruk because we're humble. And uh, I tell them, look, it's really because we're also a startup. I understand the challenges that startups face, which is scalability. Look, Shuruk, it's hard for us to scale. And our revenue model even sucks. I don't see a single dime of revenue until year seven, year eight. Perhaps I might not even see them. Yeah. At least uh, you generate revenue today. Right? So I understand all the challenges. So the, risk, the best part of our journey has been co-founding Shuru. The hardest part, and uh, I always try to look from the bright side. So uh, it has been, look, we it. worked really, really hard. Even yesterday night, I, I worked until literally 1 a.m. I slept at 1 a.m. 15 minutes, and I woke up at 7. I started work at 8. So literally, it's just every day you're working. Right? So I, I, it is, it is uh, it's long, long hours for sure, but I, I thrive on it. Love it. Now, two questions for you. One, uh, let's do this one, and then I'll ask the last question. At this early stage, when you're working with pre-idea, MVP, and, and looking for founders and really drilling down, how do you create deal flow in a market that's yes. still considerably nascent? Yes. So uh, sometimes, so there are two ways. And the high level classification, you can be retroactive and wait. And uh, that means, uh, and you don't have to just wait completely until someone miraculously finds you. Sometimes we go in conferences and I post on LinkedIn, look, amazing ex-Ubers, ex-Karimers, reach out to us. If you have like a, at least an interest, you might not need an idea today because we have an idea that I want to help you get to. But like uh, reach out to us if you're interested. If you're like us and vice versa, we can do something together. So that's one. Second, sometimes we have a thesis. You know, like a pure harvest, when we had that in 2016, we had our own thesis. I couldn't find the company in the ed tech space. So we co-founded that. We currently have a thesis on, for example, the salmon farming. You know, we have been working on the behind the scenes for a year. We also have a few thesis that we, we believe are experts on over the year and a year of our research. And sometimes we go and find those founders from other startups or other corporates, just we know through a friend's network and I'll have a discussion with them. Look, let us back you. You're an amazing person. Let us fulfill your dream and let's do it together. Love it. So that way you're partnering right from the get-go and yes, yes. And truly. And, and the beauty, beauty is, Ahmad, sometimes I even got stressed out, but the beauty is I only need to find one or two entrepreneurs who want to do that with us a year. 
Yeah. You know, like we already have so much deal flow and I don't like spreading ourselves thin. We're very, very focused. And uh, for me, like uh, each one of these almost incubation or pre-seed, they take so much of our time. And if I can find one to two uh, those level companies every three to four months that I can put all my heart with you, uh, that was, that's the best part of our job. Right? Love that. Um, Shane, last question for you. If you could tell yes. me about three of the most important lessons that you've learned on your journey so far. So, uh, uh, first of all, let's not procrastinate to, to execute. Look, uh, when I was, uh, so I really love the entrepreneurship journey. And uh, each one of us who is entrepreneur, we, I'm sure we had the same uh, thought process. When I was working at big companies, although you have a very good uh, paycheck, I was always wondering, and all these amazing companies I hear about that I advise on, they also had founders at one point. They were also a startup at one point. Like, why am I not uh, starting my own? You know, that's like, uh, what, why? And honestly, that is easy to say, but so, so, so difficult to execute. Yeah. So that first step to take that risk uh, is, uh, is something that is ridiculously difficult. But today is the uh, best time. Not tomorrow, not in a year. Like uh, not in 10 years, today is actually the best time. So that's, that's really one. Second, uh, I believe you really need the best group of partners or let's say co-founder or friend to do something together. You know, CEO and a founder is a lonely job and there is no right answer. Everything is a gray area. So unless you have someone to discuss every single hour, every single minute, like the, it's already so difficult and lonely. Uh, that's why single founder is really tough to, to build an amazing business, right? So I really suggest, you know, have someone you can talk to, complain about, and also have fun with every day, every second as a co-founder. And you guys can argue and fight, but you should fight with respect. Then it's all okay. Right. So the, having a co-founder is really key. Third, this is the, so my personal mentor, Steven Schwarzman from Blackstone. He always told me, if you are spending time on it, build a big business. It takes the same amount of work to build and target the $10 million business versus $1 billion business. So if you want to do that, again, I don't want people to be driven away just by the large market size or the uh, the money and the fame because everyone has a different priorities and personal values. However, if your personal values have scale as part of that, don't underestimate that. You know, if you want to establish, found the business, let's found the big business, big market, fundamental problems, instead of just a small squeezing the efficiency. You know, at least they should that's the mentality we have because I have realized over time, it takes about the same amount of work Actually, more stress sometimes working on a smaller deals versus the larger deals. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys have any comments, your feedback, please do send them my way. Mira direct email address hai amad at caravan.vc. Warna up amare bareme or information hasil on our website, which is www.caravan.vc or on Instagram. Um, our handle is at caravan.vc. Until next time, khudafiz. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.